I, I switched to my headphone mic and then back to this. Just to admit there was oh, some, okay. something weird that happened when I was. It like, almost sounded like there was interference or something. Like it was like, <clears throat> I don't know. Huh. Who freaking knows? Something yeah. Else. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Weird. But... I don't know what that would be. <laughs> Is that fun to listen to? <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Middleish, the podcast about moderation in all things. I am Michael Gray. And I am Erin Green. Hello, Erin Green. Hello. Can I get a mic check? Check, check. Mic check, check, check. Check. Are you talking? Just kidding. <laughs> oh. Wait, if you've listened to the last episode, you can understand why I'm asking this because I've had problems with my, my good mic reading and my AirPods overriding that. And, you know, my, my type A personality comes out that we don't have the best audio for you guys. So yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't bad. It's better. It wasn't bad. Yeah. No, I get it. I would be frustrated too, if it were me, but being on the side. But you're perfect. So (laughs) I'm glad I didn't have to say it. But thank you for just, recognizing that. It just Aaron. would have come across as just really, you know, <laughs> arrogant and conceited. I, I know. And I feel like being humble is one of the best things about me. So I didn't, glad I didn't and have to do that. One of the benefits of being perfect is that you're also humble. Oh, so. incredibly humble. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how humble I am. <laughs> Let me show I'm you. Probably one of the most humble people you've ever met. I'll announce how humble I am to the world. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Anyway, no, I get it. But, like editing, you know, and stuff this week. I was like, yeah, it's, it's totally listenable. It's not a big mm-hmm. deal. And it was but a great discussion. It. Yeah. It was a good discussion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is, so normally we record on Wednesday. So last Wednesday, two days ago, we recorded, um, uh, uh <laughs> what was the topic? It just fell out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about some of the internet memes and sayings yes. and like the common, yes. like fitness diet Abs culture sayings. The kitchen. Yeah. Yes. That Which was get very, we, we talked about after, as soon as we were done recording, we we're like, ah, oh, that was really good to get a lot of that stuff. Out. I know. And then today, so we're recording on Friday, we're doubling up this week. Um, today's episode is probably going to be pretty cathartic too. And so this is yeah. going to be like a, a good week for Aaron and I, we're getting out all, I know all the demons. Yeah. Exercise <laughs> the demons, man. It is fun though, yeah. because I mean, Sometimes when I, I I get a little bit of that release when I talk to clients about some of the just misinformation and diet culture Mm -hmm. kinds of, you know, misleading sayings and things that cause people to have like a jacked up relationship with their bodies and food and, you know, whatever, or think that they need to follow a specific eating pattern. I, I do get some of that release talking with clients, but it's so much different when you talk with another professional who's like in the space and here's it, you know, like if you hear a client come to you and say, well, I read this, or I heard that, or I, you know, I'm thinking about doing this with my fitness routine or my diet. And you're like, and so you have to explain it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're well, and, yeah. And you know, you're not going to go off on a topic while you're on your client's time either. You know, I know <laughs> let I me know. get on my soapbox for 30 minutes and you just right. sit there and listen. Right. Speaking of which, um, 
I think we, I think we need to just do a whole thing on this. Like you mentioned this this morning, but I, I, I posted <laughs> something this morning that could piggyback on, on the whole abs are made in the kitchen episode. But this guy, I don't even know if he's in the fitness and nutrition he, world. He has what? a, what are the verified symbol or whatever the little blue so check mark. Something. So he obviously has a ton of followers and is, I don't know, pretty prolific in the social media space. Yeah. And his post was, I saw this on Twitter. It was, um, something effective carbohydrates cause obesity. The end. It was just like period. Yeah. yeah. There's no nuance. And I wanted to find him and light him on fire. <laughs> I was like, what in the world? Yeah, like, first no. of all, nope. Second yeah. of all, shut up, <laughs> please. Because, Shut up. yeah. And that's, that's the kind of misinformation that people are mm-hmm. just confronted with all the time. All and, the time. and then the messaging. So the, the really interesting thing about that is people don't have to believe that statement mm-hmm. for it to somehow plant a seed and Absolutely. take a little bit of root to where all of a sudden when we're working with them and we, you know, I mean, maybe they're not completely avoiding carbohydrates, but they just have it in their mind that I shouldn't be eating this, or this is taking me further away from my goals, or right. this isn't a healthy food all of a sudden, or I can that... eat them, but I kind of shouldn't. Right. Right. Exactly. Will you let yeah. me on the secret? Right. Yeah. yeah. I know this isn't a good, I know that's not the best. That's what I hear all the time with carbs. I know that's not the best. I know this isn't a good choice. And I'm like, why isn't it? Like, where did that come from? And you really have to kind of stop and think about how these messages have just been so widespread and everywhere you look, it's carbs, carbs are the bad guy, which if you were back in the eighties and nineties, fat was the bad guy. Mm -hmm. So it's just really interesting to see how fad diets have shifted over time and how that messaging that is always just kind of planted like little seed by little seed, all of a sudden creates this belief system for people. So yeah, yeah, we could, we could talk for a few episodes on this topic (laughs) might be some swear words, not family friendly. (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing was, let me move on, but in his, in his Twitter feed, his evidence for it was to like, was posting a, uh, a study on, mm. you know, a, a dietary study where when people drastically reduced their carbs, they lost X amount of weight. Mm. It's like, oh, okay. Right. So that's your proof that, you know, then carbs cause obesity. Yeah. He, he needs a little bit of a lesson in, um, you know, the hierarchy of research not being and, dumb. <laughs> yeah. And how, you know, association doesn't equal causation right. and how, if you eliminate a food that and we talked about this in our plant-based episode, it's not mm-hmm. necessarily the elimination of a food. It's the increase and addition of what yeah. is filling that space. Oh yeah. yeah. It's, and it's one like study, I ate a sandwich for lunch one and then study. I got a flat tire. So don't eat sandwiches. Sandwiches cause because you'll yeah. get flat tires. And did yeah. you know that everybody who drinks water will die? I know, right? That's true. That's, so right, water. So I don't know. Obviously, causes death in some. That's why I only weird way. Playing it safe <laughs> because there's been no known, you know, correlations with excessive with, alcohol consumption. With people who I know, right? Oh boy, that's what I our know. ancestors used to do. Oh no, anyway. I know. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so we obviously need to have more discussions about this kind of thing. So we we can exercise the demons a little more often. 
clearly we have a lot to say on stupid things. Um, yeah. So let's jump in, huh? Yeah. You want to? So this is uh, episode 40? I think this is 41. 41. Yeah. It's crazy. We are, we're super close to that 52. So close which to a will year. Be the year mark. Yeah. I was editing episode 40 just what two days ago and I was like, holy crap. I know. Like, that's just 12 weeks away. And we went from episode one to 12 really fast. Like it felt I like, know. holy crap, we're in double digits already. We just yeah. started this thing. Like we're going to be at a year before we know it. I'm I know. real freaking excited about that. And I'm really, I have to say, I'm really proud of us for being so consistent with our recordings. And that's something that Matt has said, you know, when we, when you had the power outage and <laughs> all of that craziness, um, Matt was like, well, this will be the first week that you guys miss a a recording. Right. And I'm like, ah, but we have not missed a launch. Mm -hmm. So we always had like Michael and I work really hard to have a, a bank of at least, you know, one or two at podcasts two, kind yeah. of in, you know, in the rotation. So we can make sure that you guys have a new podcast every week. Yeah. And yes, we have missed one. I, I will say we, we, I think we released one episode like a day late and my Matt's cousin actually called me out on it. He texted <laughs> me the next morning. It was like, where the hell is my podcast? And I was like, ah, sorry, <laughs> we forgot to make it live. So it was already right. in was stage. Like we just forgot to make yeah. it live. So, um, yeah, I, I feel really good about what we have created here and thank you. Huge. Thank you to all of you listeners, because we wouldn't have this if it weren't for our audience and we just, we right. love it. And like, yeah. And I remember talking about before we started or right when we were starting kind of recording and launching, like, man, what if like. 20 or 30 people listen to this. I know. That'd be so awesome. <laughs> More than just our moms and our yeah, spouses you know, and, and it's, families. It's been way past that the whole time. And I we'll have to figure out something fun to do for that one year anniversary. But it's just yeah. I am I'll probably say this again. <laughs> and I promise we will get to a topic today. <laughs> yeah, you can listen I, to this like 1.5 times <laughs> speed because we're just BSing. <clears throat> I, I love doing this so much. Like it's so much stinking fun. Like I just, I mean, just, yeah, I really enjoy you, Aaron. And, you know, I always have for a long time, but just like getting to do this with you is just a blast and getting to put out information that's so counter to a lot of bad information that people have just had been beat over that head with for their entire lives. It's so rewarding. And it's just, it's just freaking fun. Mm -hmm. you know? Like, I'm just, I'm glad we're still doing it. And we don't have any intention of, of not doing this. Anytime yeah. Soon. I mean, in fact, we want to grow it and that maybe mm -hmm. is a, a topic for another, maybe we should, you know, kind of talk about that at another episode, just some mm -hmm. of the ideas we have, mm -hmm. um, for what, how we want to develop this and, and where we want to go with it. But it, here's a little fun tidbit. I actually got, um, an email through my website, um, a request from a potential client who lives in the UK and said, I found you through your podcast. Oh, that's cool. What? Right. <laughs> I was like, well, wow. <laughs> well, I didn't know we were international. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this changes everything. <laughs> I know so much for being humble. <laughs> I know. So, it, I mean, that's just exciting because mm. we can see through anchor, it sh kind of shows you like which countries, you know, mm. people listen to your podcast, but to actually have interaction with mm -hmm. people around the globe that are listening and they really like the message and hopefully they will maybe share it with a friend. 
Um, yeah, it's a, it's a cool feeling. It's a really cool feeling. I like it. And I believe in what we're doing. And so Mm -hmm. it's, um, you know, I think that helps a lot. Like we're just not doing something that we think will make money or market well, be popular. Yeah. It's, this is, this is everything we say are things that we really truly believe in and, you know, enact in our own lives. And that's how we work with our clients and yeah, it's just fun. All right. So let's get to the show. <laughs> yeah. You guys, you can start, you can start really listening now that we're 30 minute BSing. intro. Actually, I think it was like a 20 minute intro. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I think Oops. people like that. We're real people and yeah. you know, it's not just this curated, um, people. you know, discussion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So today's so, yeah. episode. Go ahead. You want me to go ahead? I can go ahead. Well, can go ahead. I can, yeah, you I can share a little background. Let's say at the same time. Do you want to talk over each other? I just for the rest of yeah, let's just make this the worst episode ever. <laughs> 30 minutes of no content and what? then just confusion. <laughs> We're gonna lose listeners after all of that. So I'll just share a little bit about maybe how this topic came out. And then of course you have um some you know good perspective on this as well. So I was talking with a friend a few weeks ago and she, you know, we kind of brought up the podcast and we're talking about it and um, just different topics and things to talk about. And she mentioned um, that she listens to Dax Shepard because she, she listens to quite a few podcasts. And so we were just talking about which ones we like and Dax Shepard just started this little spinoff called the race to 270. And we'll get into that a little bit later, you know, exactly what it is, but it's basically having two friends race. One is trying to gain weight to 270 and one is trying to lose weight to 270. So then we start talking about weight competitions. And I mean, of course, a weight loss competition is a very popular thing these days, whether Mm -hmm. it's in the workspace, whether it's through a gym, I know that our, our local healthcare system does it, um, you know, obviously there's a show based on it. That's wildly popular, the biggest loser. Mm -hmm. Um, so we got to talking about this and I have, I have one experience that again, I will share later in the podcast with a weight. uh, It wasn't a weight loss competition through my work, but it was weight maintenance. Um, and then our favorite show, the office, the office, has two whole episodes devoted to this, which I had, I had texted you when I saw that episode, Mm -hmm. it was way back in season five. And I was like, oh my gosh, we should talk about this on the podcast because they do everything wrong. And of course they do it with wonderful comedy, Mm -hmm. but I was like, we should talk about this. And here we are, we found a way to weave it in. So that's kind of how this came about that. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about. Like, uh, yeah, just kind of the, um, challenges or maybe the, the, um, things that aren't so favorable about weight loss challenges, um, how some challenges could be beneficial depending on how they're approached and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I'll say this. So my first experience with a weight loss challenge was when I first started training. So it was in January cause it was like a new year's thing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to say like 12 years ago, something like that, the gym I was working at, um, they had a, a biggest loser competition and this was like at the height of the biggest loser. This is when it was just like one of the most popular right. shows on TV. Um, 
and I was super into it as a new trainer. I was like, wow, this is amazing. You know, I love seeing these people losing weight and it's so great. And, um, it took me a few years to kind of figure out like, you know, maybe that wasn't so healthy. Um, uh, but it was right at the height of that, you know, the gym was kind of capitalized on that show because I had a biggest leisure competition and it was, I want to say like two or three months, something like that. And people had to come in and weigh weekly. Um, you know, they had to pay a certain amount of money and then a certain percentage of that went to, you know, first, second and third place. So there was a prize, a cash prize. And I think there were like some sponsors. So there were like some other things that went along with it. Um, but so that was kind of my first experience with it. Right. And what I noticed that I, I didn't really recognize until later on is, was one of those, like, mm, maybe this isn't a good thing, uh, yeah. was just like people coming in for their, their weekly weigh in, right. They had to come to the gym and do it and they'd get on the scale and with just such anticipation, right. Like, mm. okay, here we go. You know, and then they'd hop on and then depending on what the scale said, they were happy or miserable, right? Like yeah, it would was make one or the break other. their day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were like, okay, yes, down a pound, or I didn't lose any weight. I'm a terrible person. And then they would mm-hmm. inevitably say, you know, whether they were happy or not happy about it, like, oh, okay, well, you know, I've done this and this and this and da 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 da. And listening to people say what they had been doing for the previous week to prepare for their weigh in. It's mm-hmm. always like, really? Oh mm-hmm. no, you should you should probably not be like really hungry for hours at a time. I don't I don't think that's good. Or you know, like you're, wow, you're like working out three times a day. Mm-hmm. But I know you have kids. When do you see them? <laughs> you know, like right. Like it just started to begin to see like, <clears throat> oh, okay, so there's a real motivation. And I think that's one of the biggest drawbacks that these contests have is when there's a prize and end date, then what matters is winning the prize. What matters is winning the contest and getting the prize, right? Mm -hmm. And if what matters is winning, well, you're going to do whatever you got to do to win, right? And that's what you begin to see is people just like eating hardly anything, excessive amounts of exercise, just what can I possibly do to intake less and burn more? And yep. that's the whole point for, for most of these competitions, right? Is figure out how do you eat less and how do you move more? Yep. To and what, to, that with no health yeah, at to, all. To any, yeah, to any extreme. Yeah. And because you don't um, win by being healthier, you win by being lighter. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And yeah. I think that's, that's probably at the crux of this whole conversation is what is being achieved through this weight loss competition. And I mean, I'll just start by saying that I think a healthy dose of competition can be really helpful for people and it can be motivating. It can, you know, um, inspire you to take action. You know, it can, I mean, I've, I've even worked with couples who agree to hold each other accountable in some way and kind of compete, like who can, you know, who can include vegetables the most days this week or who can, um, you know, stick to their alcohol, um, limit or whatever, you know, whatever their thing is that they have decided to embrace, how can they kind of work together to, to sort of leverage that into a healthy competition? Right. So I think that there can be a, a good place for that. Um, 
I think a couple things are making sure that the goals in that competition are health-based right? and not just, yeah. specific, I mean, maybe the outcome you're after is weight loss. All right, mm-hmm. cool. We always come back to what are the things that will help you be healthy mm-hmm. along the way and possibly will result in weight loss in the end game. You know, like let's really focus on those things. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, if you just really focus back on the behaviors and the day-to-day things that will, that will result in that weight loss. If, if weight loss is right for you and your body, right. yeah, which is a whole nother consideration. Sure. Yeah. Well, no, I agree. I, I think I mean, a lot of people do thrive on that competition, you know, and it's that being competitive is something that they naturally are, you know? Mm -hmm. And so to have sort of like that, an external motivator out there can be really beneficial. Um, but like Aaron said, I think, you know, when, when that competition becomes problematic is when it's not centered around a healthy activity or when Mm -hmm. that activity has potential to be un healthy. Like if you're like competing with a spouse about like, okay, I'm going to get three veggies every day this week. I'm going to beat you. That's right. fun. You're not going to be harmed by eating three veggies a day. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but, but when we look at when weight loss is the, is the, the only point, well, mm. if, if weight loss is the only point, I said something like this earlier this week, if, if weight loss is more important than health, then dangerous options are always going to be on the table for you. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. If that's all that matters is, is losing weight regardless of how I feel, um, which is how most people go about this. It's like, screw how I feel, screw my health. I need to be in a size X. You know what I mean? I need to be at whatever. Um, then, then options that put your health at risk are always going to be ones that you'll probably consider mm-hmm. because that's not important, you know? And I think that's what we see with these weight loss competitions. And then not only that, but, but the way people go about losing weight in these competitions, most often set themselves up to gain all that weight back once the competition's mm-hmm. over because there's nothing sustainable. There's no tools or no skills. There's no habits developed. It's white knuckling to the end. And then once it's over and they win their $300 or whatever, right. two months later, right back where they start or worse, yeah. you know, which yeah. is a byproduct of kind of what they've done to their metabolism through this process. But right. yeah. Yeah. And, and your post that where you specified, like that is always an option for you. If you really decide that weight loss is your end game, mm-hmm. you always have that option to go back to whatever practice that is, be it healthy or unhealthy. And you know, it sounds pretty counterintuitive for if you, if you listen to middle-ish, that's not something Michael and I would just throw out there, you know, and just throw people to the wolves and say, do your thing. But I think what it does for the person is first of all, it honors their autonomy. Like you have a choice here, but you came to me with a clear need for something different. And usually people are asking me for sustainable practices, how they can feel better, how they can, um, enjoy the foods that they've been cutting out for years. You know, there's a lot of moving pieces that they're, that I get from these inquiries with people. And so I will present to them, like, look, you've, you've been on a number of diets, you know, how to lose the weight if you really want to. Mm -hmm but it's pretty clear that hasn't worked for you in the long term. And so let's talk about what can work for you in the long term. And let's talk about if weight loss 
truly should be the focus for you. So I think that that is a really good point. And it segues really nicely into how these weight loss competitions, and we do have some funny stuff because obviously we have the office and Dax Shepard and some of our own, you know, I'm here. Michael is our comic relief. Um, so there, you know, I, I think there are a lot of examples that we'll bring up and talk about this. Um, but just back to the biggest loser real quick. I, I want to share a link in the show notes to this YouTube video called poodle science. I went to a conference years ago where a dietitian came and visited with us and she was on the biggest loser. She worked with the show for, I think it was three years or something that she worked on the ranch with the people. So it was a a fairly long-term gig. She had enough experience with the different contestants to know how things were put into practice. And she said, she really started after the first season, she really started having the feelings of the, sorry, the first season that she worked on, she started having feelings of kind of, this doesn't reconcile with my ethical, you know, um, practices and my beliefs toward Mm -hmm. helping people be healthier because it truly was just based on weight. And then you get the sensationalism that goes into television. Anyway, back to poodle science, she shared this wonderful video and I've, I've actually come across it from numerous different, you know, um, professional interactions with different practitioners, Mm -hmm. but it basically explains like, why would we expect, you know, they use dog breeds as an example. Why would we expect people to look like a person that is not the same like makeup genetically, or they don't have the same lineage. They're not from the same background. You know, they have all of these different, we're all humans. We're not robots. So poodle science just uses dogs, which makes it super cute, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. I think a lot more relatable because it's hard for people to, show themselves, you know, a little bit of grace through this whole thing. Um, but she, the dietitian that gave this presentation after we watched the video and I encourage you guys to go watch it. Um, she said she felt like there's a scene with the, the poodle that's standing there with the clipboard and is like shaking her finger at the mastiff, the dog that's sitting in the corner, Mm -hmm. just, just full of shame and like covering its eyes with an empty dog dish next to it. It's like, it's actually kind of heartbreaking to watch, (laughs) but it, it just shows like these poodles in this little video are going around kind of making all of these dogs try and conform to them and what Mm -hmm. they should look like. And with disregard to the breed of the dog. Anyway, Mm -hmm. that's poodle science. That was my sort of epiphany with, um, understanding that some of these people who have worked on shows like the biggest loser have had their own day of reckoning where they're like, this doesn't, this does not fit with my, my philosophy. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, and just the whole, I mean, the whole point of that show is to celebrate being smaller. No, totally. And sure there, you know, I mean, a lot of these people have, you know, have start the show and they're like, you know, I have these health implications because of, for me, the weight I'm at. And I feel like they will be better if I lose some of that, but that's not what's talked about. That's not what's celebrated. That's not where the prize money goes. That's not what they, you know, evaluate each week. It's step on the scale and let's see how worthy you are. Oh, 
only 12 pounds this week. Mm, sorry. Which Jimmy, is another. Jimmy yeah. lost 23. So, and people are, are like heartbroken and disappointed in themselves and talking to the camera after of like, I don't know what I did wrong. You know, I worked so hard and I, I only lost nine pounds. It's like, holy crap, you lost nine pounds in a freaking week. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. Like, that is wildly unhealthy. <laughs> right. Alone. And people are upset about it. And then there's, there's, it's just, it's celebrating being smaller. That's the whole point of these things. And I just think there's just, there's so much damage that is done just, you know, in, in people's psyches and how they view themselves and how they feel like they fit in the world when there's so much celebration, F health, right? Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't matter at all. I don't care if these mm -hmm. contestants are healthy. I don't care if who wins is healthy. I don't care if he feels good. I just want to see something dramatic, right? And that's all we care about. And so that's all we resonate with. And it's just, it's just so freaking damaging, you know, yeah. and it's just so hard to see. And it's, I, I, I get so frustrated by this mindset, but I a hundred percent understand anytime anyone is find themselves caught up in it. I get it. Like yeah. you're, you're just, you're beat to death with this messaging that, that weight is all that matters. And it doesn't matter if you go to extremes and jeopardize your health because you'll be smaller and then you'll be good. You'll yeah. be happy. People will like you better and you'll love yourself more. You know? <sighs> oh, yeah. It's ugly. It's, I know. And I think the first couple of times I watched The Biggest Loser, I was pretty, I, like you, I was fascinated with the methods and how, you know, these transformations that people went through. Um, and I remember watching it when I was in college and my boyfriend at the time was also in dietetics and fitness and we were studying together and we would have conversations about what do you think is going on behind the scenes and how healthy do you think this is? And what happens when these people go home and they don't have a trainer and this super rigid structure, they can't and, work out 10 you hours know, a day. I mean, it's kind of like how people say with, with drug addicts, if you go back into that environment with those people and that's those surroundings and those circumstances and all of the familiar things that got you into drugs in the first place, it's going to be infinitely harder to continue on your path to healing. And I think, you know, a lot of people who are morbidly obese, like those who appear on the biggest loser probably mm -hmm. have some kind of disordered eating going on, which could easily be put on, you know, an addictive type of, you know, spectrum. So I think it's a similar kind of situation where you, you know, put these people in almost like a rehab, like they go to the ranch and they have everything like mm -hmm. measured out and given to them and done for them. And you have to, you have basically a really rigid exercise schedule and all that stuff. And then let's just send you back home and let you do your thing. You know, it's yeah. yeah. Could you hear what just happened? I just heard a child. <laughs> what's what's happening over there? So Sophie, Sophie is four. She's four and a half. And she just screamed from upstairs. Mommy, I went poop. Oh, good job, Sophie. <laughs> I wiped my butt. I'm done. Come hey, take care it of is. Her. It yeah. should be a proud moment. <laughs> Pooping is, it feels really good and it's exciting. Yeah. Especially if you're only, what is she, four? So four, she's only four had half, yeah. 
She's only had a few years of really acknowledging that she's been pooping. So it's probably pretty exciting for her. Once she gets to be yeah. our age, she'll be like, ah, you know, yeah. another day. She's, she's calling Kathleen up there to come wipe her butt. Um, that's her, that is her standard. We've been working with her. Like <laughs> you don't need to scream across the house. You know, like if we don't, aren't there in two seconds, like just wait, like <laughs> we're coming. We heard you trust us. We heard you. I think the neighborhood heard you. We're on our way. Just give it a second. Cause she'll be like, stop. So I don't know if that picked up. It was really loud in my I just headphones. Heard, I, I just, really hope I'm not that sure. it caught. <laughs> I really hope that it actually landed on the recording because that's I entertaining. So All I heard was a child kind of yelling and I'm like, there's Sophie. Like, I don't know what she's yelling about, but the fact that she's yelling about poop is yeah. just like, just poop. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping it real here on middle. Oh, all right. <laughs> okay. So I just totally I, lost all my that's okay. thought with that. <laughs> I want to, I want to talk real quick about this podcast that I'm listening to with Dax Shepard um, and the race to 270. So to he's got, he's got his childhood best friend uh, named Aaron, who is starting out at 306 pounds and Aaron has gone through AA. I think it's about a in this was kind of recorded around November. And so it was a year that he had been, um, sober in November. So I think that's important to note because a lot of what we hear with Aaron's side of the story is I think related to addiction and mm-hmm. some of that all or none type of thinking that, that goes into it. And then the competitor is this guy they call perfect 10, Charlie, <laughs> Perfect 10. So in the first episode, they're talking about perfect 10. Charlie is like a firefighter and like this just symmetrical and handsome and like a perfect physique kind of guy. Mm -hmm. He owns a gym in LA. He is super into diet and fitness. He's, um, I don't know if he's done like a number of bodybuilding competitions, but I mean, this is this guy's life. So he's very much into manipulating his body in different ways and just kind of doing some self-experimentation with his weight and his, um, musculature and all this stuff. And so he starts out at 240 pounds. So the idea is to try and get perfect 10 Charlie up to 270 or Aaron down to 270 and whoever gets there first gets five grand. So they, and I mean, it's purely, it's one of those things that it is sensationalized. If you know, Dax Shepard, this is a very adult podcast. There's lots of (laughs) F-bombs. There's lots of sexual innuendos. There's lots of talk about just, you know, very adult concepts through this uh, podcast and it's sensationalized. Like it really is just how can we make this, you know, interesting for people to follow, Um, which I think is part of what people really love about some of the, you know, people love a good competition and this one just happens to be about weight, you yeah. know, weight loss gain. Um, I mean, the idea of a, of a wildly popular show based on a weight loss competition sounds ridiculous. Like who's going to watch that? <laughs> this isn't interesting, but it is when you make it real sensational. Yeah. 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 And the, the fact that, so the specify in the first episode that the highest perfect 10 Charlie has ever gotten to is 260 pounds. And it was a 
it was a muscular 260. Um, and he has specified that he's going to try and do this in a manner that's not just like pounding so many calories that he just puts Mm -hmm. on a bunch of fat because I mean, it's in his best interest to take care of his body too. Um, and they talk about that. Like, this is kind of unfair to Charlie because he, he actually is a very health conscious guy and he's really into fitness and health, um, and nutrition yet he's engaging in this concerted effort to really steadily gain weight. Mm -hmm. Um, and we'll talk about some of the things they, some of the strategies and the things they talk about. Um, but, but he has agreed not to do the whole, um, drinking water, you know, for the weigh-ins to try and manipulate, which mm-hmm. I have a story about that one. Um, but it, he, he really is trying to do this in a, you know, and still going to the gym and still, you know, just really lifting in a manner that, um, really promotes, uh, hypertrophy of the muscles, so growth of size of the muscles, but not like burning too many calories. Right. And then Aaron, um, really interesting. The first couple episodes, he he's pretty candid about how challenging it is to change his eating habits, but they just sound like pretty blatantly unhealthy. I mean, Mm. by any standard, just Mm. the, the amounts of foods. And there, there definitely sounds to be some emotional, strong emotional and coping mechanisms going on with food and eating, Mm -hmm. um, disregarding his hunger and satiety cues, choosing foods that are just very highly palatable and easy to overconsume. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they, they talk about, you know, as the episodes go on, I'm not all the way through, I think there's like six episodes right now. And I'm maybe through halfway through the fifth one. Um, but it's really interesting to hear them talk about, there's a lot of diet culture themes going on through this. And I would invite people, if you haven't listened to this and, and you've heard a lot of what Michael and I talk about with, you know, diet culture and moderation and all this other stuff, I would really invite you to, if you're interested in listening to this, just listen for like picking apart some of those things that we have mentioned and go, ah, okay. I can see how this is probably happening for this person. And I wonder if this might be, you know, a different mm-hmm. approach or, or if this would maybe be more helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's really, it's quite fascinating. I bet. I bet. Was that it? That was, I was, I thought there giving was a you a chance coming. to respond. I can give you a lot more. <laughs> it's so, like, then that's fascinating. One Go, of Michael. The... It's like, oh. I thought there was more story. <laughs> I've been talking a lot. So I was giving, I was taking a breath and giving you a chance okay. to respond. Well, no, okay. Then I'll say some things. Um, but I have yeah, more. So no, I, 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 I think that would be really interesting to go into, maybe I'll do this too, but go into that podcast and listen to it with that intent of like, okay, what's maybe not being done so well? What would be that, that might be like actually a really good like practice for a lot of us, you know, a lot of you listening to like, okay, let me go in from this perspective and go like, what would be better here? What could be done differently? Mm-hmm. What's not sustainable. That actually might be really interesting. Yeah. yeah. I think that I, I like that, um, that approach, like thinking, what could they be doing better? What's more sustainable really good um, learning experience. For example, one of the things that they have said is, so Aaron, who has been through AA and continues to go to meetings and obviously has some food challenges with his relationship with food, talks about 
on day one, how he, he lists like these foods that he ate, like Chinese food and, you know, all this stuff. And of course they're kind of laughing. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it's wholly humorous and like lots of comedy and kind of poking fun and, you know, quite a bit of satire going on in this podcast. And so he makes fun of himself all the time as self-deprecating mm-hmm. like, yeah. And then I dove into the Chinese food and I just decided he, he got into that all or none thinking where, oh, well, I've already had Chinese food. I might as well just keep going. And something Dax mentions later on, because Dax has been through, um, rehab as well is acknowledging that in addicts, that all or none thinking is super prominent. And so if somebody like they're talking about Thanksgiving and, you know, it's easier just for him, Aaron to not have stuffing at all on Thanksgiving. And then, um, Monica is the co-host for, for Dax on his armchair expert podcast. And she's on this one too. And she actually has um, what sounds like a pretty pragmatic and balanced relationship with food in terms of just, she doesn't have that, uh, you know, personality where she has to go all or none or, uh, you know, mm-hmm. overboard. And she's like, well, can't you just have a little bit of stuffing on your plate and like enjoy a little bit of it, but then fill your plate with all of this other, you know, good stuff and the fiber and the color and whatever. And they, Dax and Aaron are both like, no, moderation is not a concept that comes easily to addicts. And so they're, they're talking about like just how for them, it's so much easier to say, Nope, I am not going to eat this food. I'm not going to tempt myself. I'm not even going to take that step because it quickly becomes this like, Oh, I've already. And we, we talk about that on here, Mm -hmm. um, where I think that black and white thinking gets people, you know, trips people up a lot because they think like, Oh, I, I screwed up one thing. It's over. I might as well just go all the way. Yeah. Well, and sometimes I think that like, you know, we talk about moderation a lot and that being a middle-ish concept, but that can look like different things to different people. I think sometimes when you've lived so far to one extreme for a long time, that moderation may be living (laughs) on the other end of the spectrum for a while right? Because there's such mm-hmm. a draw and pull to these, this, this side that, that maybe landing in the middle for a while, it, maybe that's not a good option right now. Maybe you need to be more strict and rigid till things kind of balance out and you get some distance from that, you know? So I, yeah, I get that. Yeah. Um, and I think it depends on the situation too. Like, yeah, <clears throat> if, you know, if, if you've been an addict and like, okay, well, once in a while, you know, it's like, no, right. you just can't, <laughs> you don't get to anymore, you know? And that's, right that's the, the, the approach that needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um, it's something else they talk about is just these tactics to help Aaron feel full. Um, and so he's, I mean, the, the whole, like, Oh, staying away from carbs and stay like, he won't even really allow himself to have popcorn, which I'm kind of, I'm like, you know, popcorn is a whole grain. It's very filling. It's very, you know, yeah, it's lots of volume. Like you can eat a lot of popcorn and feel like it's one of my go-to snacks for people like in the evening, like yeah, have totally. a cup or two. Have some, it's have almost nothing. And you're, you get um, crunchy and salty and buttery. And exactly. Crunchy. Yep. And so, and Monica points that out. She's like, well, you know, you know, popcorn can be a very healthy food and people can eat that. And they're like, oh no, because I go like the mooey, mooey, buttery and like whatever kind of popcorn. So they're talking about how can Aaron stay full, which first of all, that means he is 
going hungry. Right. And one thing I am listening to this and wishing that somebody would do with Aaron is like, let's get you back in tune with the different types of hunger that you're experiencing, whether it's a physiological hunger Mm -hmm. and let's get you back in tune with those cues because everybody's body is capable of those, those signals. It's just, we often don't listen to them. And then there's habitual hunger. So that's the whole, Oh, it's, time to eat lunch. It's right. noon. And then there's emotional hunger, obviously, which seems to be a pretty, um, big factor for him. Sure. So Dax is like, you know, you could just eat, like keep deli Turkey in your fridge. And whenever you get hungry, just eat, eat a bunch of deli Turkey. And one of the things, and, and Dax even says like, this isn't the race to, to, um, lower nitrates. This is mm-hmm. a race to 270. So he, I mean, there he's acknowledging this isn't a race for like a healthier way of eating. This is strictly mm-hmm. a weight loss or weight gain competition. So they do acknowledge that and they throw poke fun at it. Okay. But the whole eating Turkey until you, one, you get sick of it. It's like kind of eating the same thing. Um, two, they talk about how protein is so important during periods of weight loss. And this is something Charlie speaks to a lot because he hit, you know, this is his industry. And so mm-hmm. he actually, Charlie actually does have some, I think some pretty grounded, reasonable kinds of comments on, well, this is a tactic you could use or the, you know, and so, um, it's pretty interesting to pick up on those little nuggets throughout the way too, because they talk about intermittent fasting a lot. And Charlie's like, well, if you stop eating around 8 PM and you don't eat breakfast until seven or eight, you're already fasting. So, you know, he has that kind of just very, you know, practical approach, but the Turkey thing is something that Aaron seems to be enjoying because he does get sick of eating it. So he doesn't want to keep eating something. He doesn't, you know, he's kind of bored with, Mm -hmm. um, the protein is filling the protein is important for lean, maintaining lean body mass during the weight loss. And so that is a tactic that he used. Mm -hmm. Um, of course, the intuitive eating side of me is like screaming and dying a little bit inside <laughs> because I'm just like, oh my gosh, there's so much more that we could be working on here, but, yeah. um, they acknowledge well, it. And that, but that, then that brings up a good point that, that, that being healthier for long-term is not the point, right? Mm-hmm. The sensationalism, cause that's not sexy. That's no one's gonna, like, no one's gonna tune in to hear someone like, Hey, you know, I ate more vegetables this week and <laughs> be moderate in there. I approach. really listened to myself when I was eating and, you know, honored my body, like, because that's not sensational and you can't make that sensational, you know? And so you have, again, the, the point is not to be a healthier person. The point is to, you know, change your weight and to make it sensational, Yeah, yep. which I just see, you know, going back to it, that's just what, that's kind of the point of, of all of these contests are designed in this way is, is, is that's, that's the objective, which just reinforces for a lot of us that that's really the only worthy end goal is mm-hmm. to, to be smaller. You know? Right. It doesn't matter when, if you're hungry or tired of food yep. or if, I mean, none of that just get smaller. And when people talk about tricks, like what are the tricks? Uh-huh. And this, this kind of goes into the, the office, the two episodes of the office that talk about this weight loss competition, the office where, I mean, they go through like every trick in the book to try and 
strictly lose weight. Like it is not about being a healthier version of you. And one of the things that really stands out to me in those episodes is that Michael Scott is always about like, you know, weight loss is good. Like Mm -hmm. in his eyes, weight loss is good. It's better. In fact, he gives that presentation where like, if you, um, Oh, what Angela says something like, my doctor wants me to gain weight. And he's like, you will die. You will die if you gain weight. (laughs) And then Jim's like, what? I'm going to lose 70 pounds. And he's like, good. Good. Yeah. He's like, go for it. So I think who's built like me would probably literally die if he lost 70 pounds. (laughs) I know. And, and then they, they do a really good job of going through all of the crazy things that people will do Mm -hmm. strictly to lose weight. What's your favorite? Um, so okay, yesterday, let's say favorite. I, let's, I'm using the term favorite loosely. Okay. These are all yeah, terrible, horrible it things. It doesn't make me happy, but it, <laughs> but it's, it's a comedic show. So what was your favorite? <laughs> so I think I'm looking at my notes. I had to take notes. You guys, um, Michael probably has this, these two episodes memorized, but, um, I, <laughs> Kelly is, she's got so many issues, that girl, Mm -hmm. she goes on this cleanse where Mm -hmm. she's just drinking like this weird concocted water, lemon thing. Yeah. Yeah. And they, so, I mean, first of all, she turns into basically like this former shell of herself and she gets super snappy and in the office. Yeah. And they like put the makeup around her (laughs) eyes and she's kind of like, she just looks really sunken. And you know, the, the office stuff has the, the, the footage just kind of showing people, you know, from third person. And then they have like the face on interviews and it shows like some of her, you know, different things going on in the office and how she's losing weight. And then she's being interviewed by the camera and she goes, I look amazing. (laughs) <laughs> she looks it's like, like a freaking zombie and she's like kind of all glistening and sweaty mm-hmm. because she's so stressed and her hair is all kind of thin. And so to me, that's just, it's not funny. I know it's not funny, but the office just makes it funny. And I, I do find that humor is a really helpful, you know, for me personally, I relate really well to poking humor at things that are just so absurd that like, mm-hmm. can we just laugh about this? How exactly. absurd this is. Yeah. And to me, this speaks to the whole, you can be totally miserable, but I look amazing. Mm-hmm. And that's what, and okay. Who defines what amazing looks right. like anyway, but then how, how many people have fallen victim to that messaging that just Mm -hmm. as long as I look a certain way, that's what matters. Not how I feel, not how I Mm -hmm. respond to my, you know, work or my situation, my relationships. It's just, I look amazing. So for me, that's one of my, my favorites tongue in cheek. I think one of my favorites also with Kelly is when she says that Creed got her a tape from Mexico. (laughs) And then it cuts to Creed. He's like, that wasn't a tapeworm. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then when when they have this discussion, so it goes too far. People are doing really crazy things to lose weight. Like Dwight drops Phyllis off in the middle of this horrible neighborhood and forces her to walk back like five miles. Miles. And he's like, but you burned a thousand calories. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Andy's, Andy's wrapped in like garbage bags and turn up the heat. So he just like sweats like crazy. <laughs> losing water yeah. weight. <laughs> Oh, so my experience with a weight, uh, not a weight loss competition. It was a, a no gain November, I think was what 
this was when I worked at the health department and the wellness committee before I was on the wellness committee decided to do this no gain November challenge where the idea is just you maintain or, or lose if that is your goal. But it, the emphasis was not on that. It was just on no gain. The first problem with this is they didn't have like a percentage of wiggle room because your body weight varies every day, you know? And so sometimes wow, the diet- I've had five pound changes yeah. in a day, five pounds. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. totally. When I worked with football players, they would have 10 pounds in it, just depending on hydration. Mm-hmm. So the dietitians in the office and I were kind of like, uh, you know, rolling our eyes at this and not too thrilled. Um, but we were like, well, there's a gift card on the line. It was a pretty nice gift card. And we we're like, we can do this. So I remember walking by my, my coworker's desk one day, went by her office and she's got a jug of like an empty orange juice gallon full of water. And mm-hmm. she's like, she looks at me and she goes, it's weigh-in day. And she's just chugging <laughs> this water. And I'm, I'm kind of laughing because we're, we're totally sh- just showing the flaws in this kind of competition. Right. Mm-hmm. So she chugs this thing of water and goes in and gets weighed. And then I went in and got weighed, you know, made sure I was well hydrated. And then I think it's like the whole month of November. Right. So we just like ate normally, didn't weigh ourselves, didn't really care. Um, but then the morning of the you know, the final day of the weigh-in, I just, I did my usual morning swim. And then I went and sat in the steam room at the Y just to make sure that I, (laughs) that I came in. So I get weighed. And I think I was like, I was down like two pounds from the, the original Mm weigh-in and the gal who weighed me, I don't need to lose weight. I know that I'm very comfortable with where I'm at and it's a healthy, maintainable weight for Mm -hmm. me. And this was when I was competing professionally too. And so it was really important for me to stay, you know, well-fueled. And she goes, oh, and you even lost weight. That's great. Really? Why is that great? Really? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't, um, again, it was, it was one of those like really frustrating situations where yes, I participated in it. And yes, part of it was to just illustrate how flawed this kind of thing mm-hmm. is and how you can rig the system. But then after that little experience, I was like, this is just wrong. Like the yeah. whole emphasis on weight loss is good, just is wrong. Regardless, mm-hmm. regardless, like, like someone who has no understanding of you or where you're at or if that would be a good or a bad thing or a neutral thing, or if you want it or anything, but you lost weight. So, wow, well done. Yeah. You did a good, honorable, noble, worthy thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of jealous of you, you know, like there's just this, there's this assumption, this inherent belief that like just weight loss is always good. It's, it's yeah. always good. You know, um, and even to the point where like, if, if people are maybe like need to gain weight for health reasons, Mm -hmm. that concept, when people are told that like, what? I know you need to, your doctor said you need to gain a little bit of weight. Yeah. Was he drunk? Lucky you. Lucky you is what, yeah. Your doctor, you can eat whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, I wish I had that problem, you know, um, which is what's, what a, I know Good thing to say, but <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's just, that's, I mean, this sums up diet culture is that 
it, your health does not matter. That's the messaging. Health doesn't matter. It's not even part of the equation. It's not mm-hmm. even, it, not even anything that's, that is asked of you when you've lost two pounds, like, Hey, is this a good thing? You know, are you happy about this? Is this a healthy mm-hmm. thing for you? It does not matter. It has no place in the equation. It's you're, you're smaller, you're lighter. Good job. You did it. Yeah. 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 You're, you're beating the odds and you're doing you, you're a good person. Well, that's what and- it says. I'm thinking about this uh, scene on back to the office where obviously Kelly seems to have like the most drama going on, the most extreme measures going on in this thing. Always. And she, so they have this meeting where finally they're like, no, we need to not weigh in this week because people are going to extremes and it's not healthy. And Michael Scott comes in and does this just totally awkward and socially unacceptable presentation on fat acceptance. And Kelly finally decides that she is going to allow herself to eat again and to not pass out and get on IV fluids and all these other Mm -hmm. things that happen throughout this, you know, these two episodes. Well, in the meantime, she goes in the break room to eat her lunch. And in the meantime, they find out that they're only a certain number of pounds away from one of their other branches in this competition. So then they, they double down again and they're like, we can do this. And that's when like the thermostat gets turned up. Mm -hmm. Everybody starts wearing trash bags. They do all this crazy shit. (laughs) And Michael Scott walks into the break room and Kelly's finally allowing herself to eat. And she's, I don't, looks like she's eating pizza or something. And she's Um, just eating. And he walks in and goes, is that health food? (laughs) And she's like, no. And he goes, put it down. And he just starts yelling (laughs) at her. Contest here. (laughs) I'm just like, Oh my gosh. It goes along with what you were just saying, how, oh, weight loss is always the healthier goal where in this scenario, her eating is the, the healthier goal. And like, yeah, you know, it's yeah. just, it's she's yeah. drinking cayenne pepper and lemon water and getting right. a tapeworm. She thinks from Mexico. And now she's like, Hey, I'm going to eat something and I'm going to enjoy it. And it's nope. You're right. doing the wrong thing. I know. Nope, well, and smaller. Th- isn't that a, a, great message for people to be getting to like, there's this constant, just you, you're always doing something wrong or there's, you know, just like we started talking about with the whole carbohydrate thing at the beginning of this, like people are always getting these messages that like, this is the wrong thing to do, or they hear one thing and then they, they hear another thing and they're kind of conflicting. And so they're like, what the hell am I supposed to do? No clue. So yeah, and, because and when there's it comes so to... much conflicting messaging in their fitness and mm-hmm. nutrition industry. I mean, so much for anything that someone's believes is probably an opposite that's yeah. spoken just as loudly and just as popular. It's insane. Right. right. And which is why when people are only focused on weight loss, sure, there's all kinds of like tricks and ways to achieve that and things you can do and different strategies. But if you really focus on the health of being a healthy human, Mm -hmm. we have literally decades of research that points toward a lot of very basic things like moving your body more. And I mean, just with this, you know, other podcast I'm listening to the race to 270, some of the things that this guy is experiencing, Aaron with his weight loss journey is like, he's trying to create scenarios to live in the food world with like his kids where they want certain foods that he has chosen to omit fast food or chips or some of his trigger foods. And he's finding ways to navigate that, that are getting 
easier and more sustainable for him. Mm-hmm. He's moving his body. He's learning how to cook things like a chicken breast. He learned the first few times he cooked chicken breast, it turned into like this, <laughs> what Dax call it a roll of paper towels or something, you know, it gets dry and flavorless <laughs> and terrible. And so he started learning like how I can cook this better and actually make it taste good to me. Mm-hmm. So to I was like, that's a win because he's learning new ways of preparing foods that are good for him and that actually taste good mm-hmm. as well, which lends itself to sustainability. Absolutely. So, so I just had this thought that, so I think this is, this maybe, maybe this is a good illustration of how prevalent like diet culture is and how prevalent the idea that weight loss is the only thing that matters is that if let's say scales didn't exist, like they weren't a thing. There was no way to know how much you weighed. I think a lot of people would have no clue how to measure if they're quote unquote getting healthier or not. They'd mm-hmm. have no idea. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's probably true for a lot of people because mm-hmm. that's the only marker they ever use, you know? And and if they, if they didn't have the ability to, to track that, I think they'd be like, I, don't know. I have no idea. Right. No clue. Like if scales all of a sudden went away, they'd be like, how mm -hmm. will I know? How will I know? Yeah. Do you ever ask clients what, if they say I want to be healthier, do you ask them like, what does healthier look like to you? Describe that. What does that feel like? What do you think it looks like? You know, what are some things that happen in your day? Do you ask clients about that? Yeah. Um, you know, I always like on like initial evaluation, you know, it's like, Hey, what are the, why have, why'd you contact me? What are you wanting to get out of this experience? Let's, you know, kind of get some goals. And, um, and people used to say like, Oh, be healthier, you know, which my thing, well, what does that mean? Cause I'm not going to mm-hmm. assume what be healthier means to you. And mm-hmm. you don't want me to assume that. And that's pretty broad. And how are either one of us going to know if you're healthier? So what does that mean? Um, and I don't know if it's just that people like lately people who are reaching out to me are just more familiar with kind of the way I do things and what I'm about, but I've got this less and less still sometimes, but definitely more often in the past, you know, weight was number one, you know, mm-hmm. lately it's more like, ah, I just, I want to feel better. You know, mm-hmm. I, maybe there's a health marker, you know, I need to get my blood pressure down or my cholesterol or, you know, I have asthma. I'd like to, you know, be able to use my inhaler less, that kind of stuff. I'm getting more of those things. And I think it's maybe because people are more familiar about what I'm about. Mm-hmm. Now, many times I've said like, I don't care if you lose weight, like that's not on my checklist at yeah. all, you know? Um, but still people will be like, and I wouldn't mind losing a few pounds, <laughs> you know, yeah. like throw that in there. You know, if it happened, I wouldn't be upset. (laughs) We talked about that in our episode. Everybody wants to lose weight because that's something that I I agree with you that I think more and more people are starting to really embrace what it means to be um, healthier as a whole person and not just focus on the weight. But it still, it still is a very common um, driver for people, and and still something that you know, I'm very upfront. If people want to just lose weight off, you know, that's their focus with me. I'll, I'll let them know, like, that's not necessarily how I operate. Now, a lot of the things we will work on, I am very confident you could lose weight, Mm -hmm. 
in the end, if you have weight to lose because of these practices, but I am not going to, that is not going to be our focus. We are not going to weigh you every week and make sure that you're, you know, towing the line. Um, that being said, I do think that weight can be a nice accountability tool for some people Mm -hmm. and just something to observe. And that's how I, tell people if they choose to weigh themselves as they're working with me, okay, I'll support that. And we'll talk about it as much or as little as you want. Mm -hmm. Um, and we'll also try and turn that into a pretty neutral piece of information. Absolutely. So you are not, like you said, it could make or break someone's day. Mm -hmm if they come in and weigh and they're up a pound or, you know, whatever, or if they're down a couple pounds, all of a sudden they're like superhuman Mm -hmm. and let's try and neutralize that thought process a little bit. And let's just use this as a piece of information and take a look at, you know, and I might even play the what if game, like, okay, if you do, you know, with people that maybe have a history of disordered eating or something, and I, we're really not wanting to do that regular weigh in. Um, I might say, well, what might you change if the scale says this? What might you change if the scale says this? How do you anticipate feeling if the scale says Mm -hmm. this or that? And we'll kind of like walk through some scenarios. And so they have a little more grounded, um, and, you know, maybe less emotional reaction to things. And they kind of think things through on a more logical kind of level. Yeah. Yeah. And a couple of things I like to do in those situations is one, and sometimes this takes several uh, times of bringing it up, but it's to take a break from weighing, mm, right? Like, okay, mm-hmm. so you've done it daily or weekly or whatever for a year or 20, you know, literally. Like, what if we just take the next month and we just don't? And and let's just really put that energy into how am I feeling? What are my behaviors like? What's my consistency like? How's my energy? You know, just that kind of stuff. And just begin to tune into all these other markers that um, weight can, the, the scale can so often like just scream over, you know what I mean? So yeah. we don't know, they don't even exist because that just bowled over everything. Um, I think that can be really worthwhile to just take a break from the scale. Um, I also, and I found this really useful too, is to have people like, okay, so like I had a client recently, he weighed every Sunday morning, once a week, right? And so we just went through, okay, so here's what we're going to do before you step on the scale. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to spend some time in your head and go over the last week. What, what went well? You know, what, what were that my goals that I, I improved on? What's going better? How am mm-hmm. I feeling? What have I changed? Like, so we just kind of build up all this information of, I'm doing this better and I'm feeling better here. And these have gone and I, I did this goal more often this week. And then we can step on the scale first when you've acknowledged all the other stuff that has gone well, because mm-hmm. I think in that situation, then when you step on the scale, you can go, okay, maybe it didn't, re- that doesn't reflect what I thought it might, but I've just gone through in my head. I've rehearsed all this information of other things that are going well, and that can really help kind of soften that blow a little bit if it needs to, um, yeah. because we've put the emphasis on other things. And now this is just one piece of all the data. It's not all the data in and of itself. Yeah. And I think yeah. both of those can work really well. That's a great point. And that's something that I've noticed just listening to this back to the race to 270. The last thing I'll say is some of the things that both 
participants talk about the guy who's trying to gain weight and the guy who's trying to lose weight is this building of awareness and paying attention to how, how full am I, how satisfied am I, what are some ways to manipulate my eating habits in order to achieve these things. Um, which to me is, I mean, regardless of what you think of the competition and the, you know, the nature of it, that is probably one of the, the best, I guess, pieces of guidance that I can offer people is like, how can you build more awareness around some of like the one guy started realizing like, man, I'm, you know, he started taking interest in his coffee and the creamer and the amount he's drinking and kind of just started paying attention to that. Is this something that maybe I ought to think about changing? Do I, could I get by with less or would I feel deprived or could I switch to a different product? Like he just started kind of exploring different ideas. Mm -hmm. And then the guy who's gaining weight was like, yeah, I'm eating past my comfortable fullness, which is really big because people often don't think about that. They think about what they're eating. They don't mm -hmm. think about the how and the, you know, paying attention to what your cues are telling you. And so the fact that he's talked about, I'm snacking more, I'm, you know, intentionally eating past the point of fullness and those kinds of observations. And that awareness, I think is really, really helpful. Um, for people to just take some notes on those kinds of things, instead of just focusing on what is the end all be all to, to drop the weight. Right. Yeah. So, so really what we're saying is, um, this weekend, spend some time and get a weight loss competition set up for your work starting Monday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right in. Yeah. And then, you know, um, just waterlog the hell out of yourself, drink mm -hmm. a huge jug of water before the weigh in. Don't worry about your and, health. Um, yeah. Yep. That's not what we're saying at all. Actually, Michael's uh, sarcasm is <laughs> coming through. Whoops. Yeah. No. So I, you know, I think there's, there's absolutely a time and a place and a benefit to competition being done in certain ways with, you know, parameters set around healthy things, you know, set, set up in ways that they aren't going to further, um, what's, how do I say that they're not going to, um, like make your relationship with food and yourself and stuff, just even more damaging or trickier, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. There's absolutely ways to do that, but most of these things are not set up in that way. And I think most of these things are set up in a way that are, um, really clueless to the, the, the negative impacts that they can have on people and how they can, um, just kind of, uh, you know, really wind up pushing people deeper into these really unhealthy beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of nice and cathartic too, because yeah. I think I've had a lot of frustration when I hear about weight loss competitions that I'm like, yeah, me too. but if we talk a little more about, you know, yeah. What's really happening here. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have a meaning in the mundane? I sure do. Um, yeah. go for it. Yeah. It's just a simple one. Just this morning I got up. I mean, our, our girls are usually awake before us a little bit. Um, they usually wake up about six thirty, six forty-five. 45. As you were a lot better on seven, seven, 10, something like that. And I got up this morning and came out into the living room and Lila and Sophie, they, they get along well for the most part, they can fight and argue and, you know, that kind of stuff for sure. Um, but they, they genuinely enjoy each other, but they, they don't spend a ton of time 
together, right? Like why this, there's a five-year age gap. So they're interested in different mm-hmm. stuff and that kind of thing. But anyway, I just came out this morning and um, walked in the living room and they were both sitting on the couch, like snuggled right up together Aww. on Lila's iPad. And Lila was showing Sophie how to play this new game that Lila had got. And so, you know, just, and they were just like, just so like into each other and being together and sharing something. And it was just like, ah, this is the best stuff. Yeah, it was really sweet. Really cute. Yeah. I like that. That's a cute moment. It was. It just, it just, that was the first thing I saw on the day. It was just like, ah, okay. This is going to be all right. That's a a (laughs) great start start. to your day. I like it. Yeah. How about you? Uh, So for those of you who don't know, Matt and I are avid cribbage players and we always love we I are. Love Do you play cribbage? I <gasps> love cribbage. I so I love when people that I don't realize how many of my friends are totally into cribbage until mm-hmm. we. I mean, we post pictures on Instagram where we play and you know, kind of. That's right. So I remember that now. Yeah. So yeah. when we share that we are, you know, and we talk smack when we play each other, and we, you know, have this like friendly competition, and I love when people share with me that they love cribbage too. So if you if listeners, if you're avid cribbage players, you know, send me a pic or, or a comment. Start a cribbage um, I love it. It's yeah. So we sat last night. Um, it was Matt's Friday because he didn't have to go into work today. And so it was just like a little more relaxed kind of atmosphere around here. And we played cribbage and he, um, for his work, he shoots groceries, you know, he takes photos and video of groceries. And so he brings home, you know, whatever leftovers. And he brought home this really yummy cheese. We had some delicious wine from our friends, Dusty and Karin, and just had a really just chill, fun, lighthearted, simple night, mm-hmm. just playing cribbage. And it nice. was just lovely. I just, I turned to him at one point and I was like, this is a really nice evening. And he's like, I know. Like, so through all of this, I mean, we joke too, that through this pandemic, we're really lucky that we enjoy each other's company mm-hmm. because we would be screwed if mm-hmm. we, if we got on each other's nerves too much, right. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of nice, you know, after 10 years of marriage and a year of crazy pandemic lockdown, mm-hmm. we still can just like sit over a cribbage board and do the simplest thing and enjoy each other. It was great. Nice. I think I like that a whole lot. And I think nice is so underrated. Oh yeah. People want like great and amazing and awesome and epic and you know, whatever. It's like, man, if something is just nice, that's the best. Mm -hmm. Just like a nice evening or a nice conversation, you know, like, man, nice. And if it's easy, like it's just, no, yeah. Because nice is always easy. Mm -hmm. I think nice is just great. I like that. Nice is great. That could be a tagline. Nice is great. put that on a coffee mug, right? More merch. <laughs> yeah. So, um, all right. Well, thank you again for listening and Thanks, for making this podcast what it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we'll catch up with you next time. Yeah. So as always, you know, feel free to share, subscribe. Um, you know, we just got a new subscriber this week. I can't remember. I was going to remember their name and I lost it. Uh Oh, uh, oh, well, well, I'll do next it next time. week. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, um, we'll pay tribute to all of our supporters on yeah. the next one. Um, and sharing, you know, uh, rating and reviewing us on what, however you listen, if you listen um, rather than watch, uh, we really appreciate that. And of course, you know, down in the show notes, there's a link for if you'd like to support us, um, for be a listener support, there's a $4.99 a month option. 
Um, and we also really appreciate that. So thank you for listening. Yeah. Have a good day.